What is going on, friends? Thank you for joining us for the New Vision Podcast. We here at New Vision believe that the gospel transforms lives. So we're going to take an opportunity to open up God's word and see what he has to say so that we can take the best next step to become more like Jesus. Hey, friends, Dr. Joseph coming to you today for our podcast as we're continuing on through Second Samuel, and I'm going to be reading out of Second Samuel chapter 20. We're on day 37 of our podcast. I'm going to be reading out of the New International Version, and I'm going to be doing just a little bit of something different as we're going to be reading through the passage. I'll be giving some comments and just some ways just for us to just think about um, the scripture as we're going through it. And let me just uh, stop and just say, you know, a lot of what we're going to be talking about today is just understanding our hearts. And that's what we're going to see is we're going to see people that had different hearts when it came to the things of God. And so uh, let's begin reading 2 Samuel chapter 20. Now a troublemaker named Sheba, son of Bichri, a Benjamite, happened to be there. He sounded the trumpet and shouted. Now let's get a little bit of the context of what's happening here. If you go back to 2 Samuel 19, if you remember at the very end of that passage, there is an argument that's happening between those that were uh, from the tribes of Israel that were trying to claim that they were uh, following David. And then there were those from the tribes of Judah, the two tri- two tribes of Judah, uh, that uh, they were claiming that they had uh, the right to follow David. And so both are not really as concerned about who the king is at this moment. Instead, they're trying to make claims about who are the better followers, if you remember that happening in yesterday's podcast. And so here's this moment. There's this troublemaker. Uh, wouldn't you like to be remembered of that um, you know, in Scripture? But this troublemaker named Sheba that comes in. And, and look, listen to what he says. Verse 1, we have no share in David, no part in Jesse's son, every man to his tent, Israel. And so this was a statement, that whole statement of every man to his tent is that don't rally here. Go to your own. Instead, wait, I'm going to be giving you a call. And you actually see this sometimes, every man to his own tent. Don't don't come here. Go to your own tent. Don't be a part of what's happening here. Verse 2, saw the men of Israel deserted David to follow Sheba, son of Bichri. But the men of Judah stayed by their king all the way from the Jordan to Jerusalem. So who is this Sheba? Sheba was someone, he looked for an opportunity for himself and not for others. Rather than encouraging everyone to submit to the authority of David, he said, hey, here we go. Here's my opportunity. If I ever wanted to try and rally everybody to start to claim me as to be the king. And what's he doing? He's following what Absalom had done earlier. And so he said, don't submit to the authority of David as the king. He looked for a way to have the throne for himself. And how often do we do that in our own lives, right? We look for these ways for us to be on the throne instead of letting God be on the throne of our lives and of our hearts, right? And that's ultimately God is. He is on the throne and he wants our hearts. And listen to what happens. Verse 3, when David returned to his palace in Jerusalem, he took the ten concubines he had left to take care of the palace, and he put them in a house under guard. He provided for them, but he had no sexual relationship with them, and they were kept in confinement till the day of their death, living as widows. You see, David, whenever he returns back to to take his rightful place as the king 
over Israel in Judah, he returned to a mess that was actually a result of his own sin and also Absalom's sin. You see, during the time that Absalom claimed the throne, David, he left his ten concubines there to care for the house, and Absalom ended up having relationships with them and uh, sexual relations with them. And uh, in, in fact, it was under it was not according to their will that he did this. And so he slept with them in his desire to fulfill his own power and his own lust. And this left a mark on the women there that impacted their lives forevermore. And I don't know if somebody's listening out here right now that you've been impacted by somebody else's sin. And it can feel so much like there's a mark that's left upon your life in that way. And listen, we carry sometimes the weight of those things. We carry those moments. But understand, what God can as well, he can redeem and restore those moments. I think about the woman at the well that she had gone through so many different relationships. She had gone through so many different things. She was carrying the weight of somebody else's sin even upon her own life. And yet she realized in this moment as well that she still could experience redemption. She could experience God's restoring grace in this moment. And so sin, whether we realize it or not, we need to remember our sin it leaves a mark. It has a wave of consequences that impacts ourselves, but it also impacts others. And if we're not seeking restoration with God, if we're not seeking his forgiveness on a continual basis, listen, there, there will continue to be the consequences that are going to be there. And listen what happened, verse 4. Then the king said to Amasa, Summon the men of Judah to come to me within three days, and you and be here yourself. But when Amasa, Amasa, Amasa went to summon Judah, he took longer than the time the king had set for him. David said to Abishai, "Now Sheba, son of Bichri, will do more will do us more harm than Absalom did. Take your master's men and pursue him, or he will find fortified cities and escape from us." So Joab's men and the Carathites and the Pelathites and the mighty all the mighty warriors went out under the command of Abishai. They marched out from Jerusalem to pursue Sheba, son of Bichri. Verse eight: When they were at the great rock in Gibeon, Amasa came to him came to meet them. Joab was wearing his military tunic, and strapped over it at his waist was a belt with a dagger in its sheath. As he stepped forward, it dropped out of its sheath. Joab said to Amasa, Amasa, how are you, my brother? Then Joab took Amasa by the beard with his right hand to kiss him. Amasa was not on his guard against the dagger in Joab's hand, and Joab plunged it into his belly, and his intestines spilled out on the ground. Without being stabbed again, Amasa, Amasa died. Then Joab and his brother Abishai pursued Sheba, son of Bichri. One of Joab's men stood beside Amasa and said, Whoever favors Joab and whoever is for David, let him follow Joab. Amasa lay wallowing in his blood in the middle of the road, and the men saw all the troops uh, saw that all the troops came to a halt there. When he realized that everyone who came to Amasa stopped, he dragged him from the road into a field and threw a garment over him. After Amasa had been removed from the road, everyone went on with Joab to pursue Sheba, son of Bichri. So we kind of have an interesting 
thing that's happening here is that David asked Amasa to assemble the army. If you go back, you see that. And Amasa was a commander from Absalom's days. And, and David saw this as a, a way to you know, kind of bring everybody together in this act of peace. Yet the interesting things that you see uh, back in um, back in verse um, verse 5, you, you see there that Amasa did not act upon the orders. Instead, he delayed in following through. Well, David was ready to take action. This was not a time for there to be delayed obedience by kind of in, by any means. And so we see delayed obedience is actually uh, just as much disobedience. And, and so for David, he said, okay, well, you're not going to act upon it. I'm going to get somebody that is. And, and so in this, we see that David needed people that were ready to take action with their whole hearts. Here's this whole picture of a heart again, right? Is that it wasn't not just somebody that was submitting to the authority of God, that God wanted their whole heart. No, we see that he was acting half-hearted. He thought that he could be casual in his obedience. And, and listen, I understand, there's going to be times in our life whenever we're going to be put into situations, maybe we don't like our bosses, maybe we're, we're struggling with who's maybe in a place of authority over us or anything like that. Listen, I've, we've all had good or bad bosses before in our life. But understand as well that that how we respond in those situations, right? Uh, if we're going to respond in wholehearted or we're going to be half-hearted, right? God has us put into those places for a reason. God has us put into these places where we can either submit to the authority that's above us or we can act half-hearted, which is not a good representation. And in this moment, it costs Amasa his life of his half-hearted obedience. Right, and so God was showing how this is a, a picture of so much of our hearts. Sometimes, if we're not careful, whenever God calls us to do something, listen, He doesn't want your half-hearted obedience. He wants you to take action and to follow through on those things. And here you see the example of here's Amasa on one side, half-hearted, but here's Abishai and Joab ready to take action, ready to follow through. Verse 14, Sheba passed through all the tribes of Israel to Abel, Beth, Machah, and through the entire region of the Bichrites, who gathered together and followed him. All the troops of Joad came and besieged Sheba in Abel, Beth, Machah. They built a siege ramp up to the city, and it stood against the outer fortifications. While they were battering the wall to bring it down, a wise woman called from the city. Listen, listen. Tell Joab to come here so I can speak to him. He went toward her, and she asked, Are you Joab? I am, he answered. She said, Listen to what your servant has to say. I'm listening, he said. She continued, verse 18. Long ago they used to say, Get your answer at Abel, and that settled, that settled it. We are the, the peaceful and faithful in Israel. You're trying to destroy a city that is a mother in Israel. Why do you want to swallow up the Lord's inheritance? Verse 20, far be it from me, Joab replied, far be it from me to swallow up or destroy. That is not the case. A man named Sheba, son of Bichri, from the hill country of Ephraim, has lifted up his hand against the king, against David. Hand over this one man, and I will draw from the city. The woman said to the said to Joab, his head will be thrown down to you from the wall. Then the woman went to all the people 
with her wise advice, and they cut off the head of Sheba, son of Bichri, and threw it to Joab. So he sounded the trumpet, and his men dispersed from the city, each returning to his home. And Joab went back to the the king in Jerusalem. You know, the interesting thing here is that we see is that Sheba thought that he could hide from his actions. He, he thought that he could build walls around himself to keep others out. And listen, that's what our sin will do. If the, if the devil can convince us of anything, he wants us to try and hide. He wants us to try and, and build false walls around us. Isaiah 59 says, For our transgressions are multiplied before you, and our sins testify against us. Our transgressions are indeed with us, and we know our iniquities. And praise the Lord for this wise woman. We don't know her name in this moment, but we say, you know, she realized something was was wrong. Some there was a reason that Joab was coming. And she was going to not let the sin of this one stand in the way of there being life for this city. And she took action as well in order to guard against the city. This was a way that this was going to be revealed of Sheba's actions. And and so, once again, you may be listening to this and and listen, you may be going through something right now and you're trying to hide out. You're trying to uh, fix it on your own. You're trying to build walls around yourself, you know, and, and you're trying to maybe play up, you know, that that you're the victim in this situation, whatever it is. Listen, your sin, as it talks about in Numbers, your sin will find you out. God knows exactly where you are. And listen, you trying to hide your sin, listen, is causing more damage than it is good. God is not going to let that go unpunished. He's not going to let things stand in the way. And you have a chance by seeking repentance and seeking restoration, maybe for something that happened a long time ago, and you're still trying to hold on to it. Listen, don't let this be a chance where you you start to become rebellious in your heart. Don't try to build a wall around yourself. Instead, let this be an opportunity where you bring it to light. And, And listen, God, by his grace and his mercy, Listen, he will let your let you live when you bring things to light. But don't try to bring these things into the dark and hold them in by any kind of means. And just the last passage talks about how, you know, David, he did kind of a realignment of his cabinet, right? Uh, says verse 23 that Joab was over in Israel's entire army. Benaniah, son of Jehoda, was over the Carathites and Pelathites at Aram. Adoniram was in charge of forced slavery. Jehoshaphat, son of Ahulud, was recorder. Shiva was secretary. Zadok and Abiathar were priests. And Ira the Jairite was David's priest. And what did David do? David, from that moment on, he surrounded himself with a community that shared in his heart. He put people around him. And listen, once again, you can be trying to live in this city that you're trying to build false walls around you, or you can be in a community of transparency uh, of, with people that share in your same heart and your same mind. And listen, that's what the body of Christ is. Maybe you're listening to this, you've been living in isolation. Listen, 
you can come to the body of Christ. You can find that community that you're desperate for. Don't live in isolation. Come to the body of Christ. Be aligned with people that share in your heart that will love you, help you, and see you through things. God bless you guys. Look forward to the next time we get to connect on our podcast. And uh, always enjoy just getting to share with you. And uh, make sure that you continue to listen in to what God's, God's doing through his word through this time. God bless you guys and see you soon. Thank you for joining us today for the New Vision Podcast. We hope that you have heard a word from the Lord and that you can better walk today in light of God's word. To find out more information about New Vision, we would love for you to follow us on Instagram at New Vision Life or look us up online at newvisionlife.com. And as always, we look forward to seeing you tomorrow.